0: Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Boots on the Ground podcast, and I'm your host, D. Blex Lesalon. The Strong High Seas project was launched in 2017 and was founded by the International Climate Initiative and other key partners. Since marine biodiversity in areas beyond national jurisdiction is threatened, the project's main aim is to recognize the importance of protecting areas uh, beyond our national jurisdiction. The project focuses on the Southeast Atlantic and Southeast Pacific regions, characterized by important um, oceanic currents contributing to high marine productivity. During last year's Ocean Month, uh, together with BirdLife Africa, uh, we managed to put together a comprehensive podcast series, putting a spotlight on some of BirdLife's partners involved um, in the sustainable management and governance uh, of the ocean. And if you have not had a chance of listening um, to the first round of this series, I will strongly urge you to do so, uh, to gain a bit uh, of background information about uh, what the Strong High Seas Project is and how uh, various wildlife partners are involved. And to celebrate uh, the completion of the Strong High Seas Project, we are super thrilled uh, to bring to you a final podcast roundtable focusing on work done in the Southeast Atlantic region over the last five years, the successes that uh, the project has been able uh, to bring, Uh, some of the challenges uh, the partners have undergone in, uh, you know, uh, taking this project forward and uh, prospects of high seas uh, conservation. And on the panel today, uh, we have uh, Ben Butler and Dr. Carol, uh, both co-leads of the Strong High Seas Project, uh, secondly, we have uh, Paul Miriam Bana, uh, who, who is the monitoring and evaluation assistant, uh, representing the Abidjan Convention. And lastly, we have uh, Shannon Hampton, uh, who is the program manager, uh, International Ocean Institute. I hope you enjoy this episode and learn something. A uh, karibu, karibu, sana. Not much further ado, I'd like us to you know start. Um, start us off with, uh, you know, I I think Carol will go with this one. And then we'll have, is Leticia here or uh, Susan? Susan? Okay, fantastic. Then uh, I think um, Carol will take this one. And then Susan will, uh, you know, um, join uh, uh, after you. Uh, So could you give us a brief background of the Strong High Seas project and why uh, it was conceptualized?
1: Sure. Um, so, as you know from the first round of podcasts that we um, did with you last year, uh, marine biodiversity in areas that fall beyond national jurisdictions, so that don't um, fall in the waters that are close to the to the states or to to coastal countries, um, are threatened by. Inter- Intensifying human activities, and this goes from like fishing, shipping, cable laying, uh, all the way to pollution and climate change. So there's also a, um, a connection, a, an ecological connectivity, as we call it, between these areas that are further offshore and the ones that are close to um, to countries. And at the end of the day, whatever happens close to the coasts will go out at sea, and whatever happens at sea will also come and affect the coasts. So we need to figure out a way to look at all of this as a whole, right? And and look at um, this part of the ocean as um, uh, um, ecologically connected. So that's how the Strong High Seas project came to be. Um, the idea was to connect the different uh, stakeholders, so states. Uh, different scientific institutions, different uh, people working in the field, and try to together think about what can we do to improve ocean governance um, in the Southeast Atlantic Ocean, but in our case, also in the Southeast Pacific Ocean. And um, yeah, to see what together we can we can do. So the project um, started in 2017. Um, and is about to end. So it's a five-year project that was uh, funded through the International Climate Initiative of the German Federal Ministry for the Environment, Conservation, Nuclear Safety, and Consumer Protection. And uh, it was coordinated by the Institute for Advanced Sustainability Studies, um, and co- um, implemented together with different partners based in Africa in South America and in Europe. We also worked directly with um, the Secretariat of the Abidjan Convention and the Secretariat of the Permanent Commission for the South Pacific. And the overarching uh, aim of the Strong High Seas Project was to strengthen uh, ocean governance at the regional level uh, to help conserve and um, Uh, use marine biodiversity more sustainably in areas beyond national jurisdiction.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, Carol, for that uh, brief introduction. And um, maybe Shannon can jump in uh, right here and give us a bit of an understanding from the International Ocean Institute and how you are involved uh, in the Strong High Seas Project.
2: So, so IISA, is a nonprofit organization based in Cape Town, South Africa. And we're one of the partners for the um, Strong High Seas Project. Our main purpose has been helping with the capacity development and training, but obviously that also involved contributing to the various reports and research and communications that have been um, prepared. And there are many of them that have gone to the, all of the stakeholders in the region.
0: Fantastic. And uh, what are some of the threats are uh, facing the high seas in the South Atlantic region? Um, ben, could you, you know, jump and uh, give us uh, a bit of uh, your understanding on that?
3: Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so the pressures on the marine biodiversity in the South Atlantic are are caused by Um, a number of intensifying human activities. Um, These are fishing, shipping, um, but also activities taking place closer to shore like oil and gas extraction, uh, port development, urban expansion, uh, tourism. Um, But we'll also see a lot of uh, emerging activities um, such as deep sea mining, which is still in an exploratory phase within the ocean, but um, uh, could uh, take up in, in the future years. Um, and of course, these pressures, which stem from these activities, um, are combined uh, with other uh, pressures such as pollution and especially climate change, um, which uh, intensify cumulative impacts on these ecosystems, um, and and lead to um, sin- significant adverse uh, effects on the human on the, on the ocean environment. Um, so it's really important to, to look at these pressures, uh, both from an individual but also from a cumulative uh, perspective to understand how the ocean is changing in, in complex um, ways. Um, and as Carol mentioned before, um, it's not only that these pressures are uh, Impacting or experienced in one area of the ocean, but because of this, uh, because of ecological connectivity, where all areas of the ocean are connected, uh, you have to you have to consider upstream and downstream impacts um, from where uh, these pressures are taking place.
0: Understand that the UN negotiations on a treaty on the conservation of sustainable use of marine biodiversity beyond national jurisdiction, and. Um, the negotiations, I'm sure, uh, they have been going on, and uh, as Carol mentioned, uh, uh, the Strong High Seas Project uh, is uh, is uh, currently coming to a close. It's been uh, five years now, and um, I'm sure there's uh, there ha- there has been sorry a lot of dialogues, a lot of workshops, a lot of you know talks, a lot of um, stakeholder meetings, you know, to deliberate on on these matters really. And what is the progress of these uh, negotiations maybe carol you can you can take you could take us through that please
1: yeah sure so the negotiations for this new agreement uh, which will look into the conservation and the sustainable use of marine biodiversity in these abnj these areas beyond national jurisdiction started officially in 2018 and um, since, then, since then, there's been four rounds of formal negotiations uh, in New York at the United Nations um, headquarters. And the negotiations are revolving around four elements. Uh, the first one uh, is marine genetic resources. The second one is area based management tools, which include marine protected areas. The third one um, are envir- environmental impact assessments. And the final element um, negotiated is capacity building and the transfer of marine technology. So there's been some progress since 2018. But unfortunately, as you all know, COVID-19, the pandemic, has hit in between and has virtually stopped the formal negotiations. So um, we had about a two-year break. Uh, in this process where um, states were able to only discuss virtually uh, or online some of these um, elements without them being formal negotiations. So they were just discussions to kind of see where everyone is at, but they were not uh, formally, you know, uh, advancing in terms of uh, writing um, uh, negotiated text. Um, We had the last uh, negotiation round and the first one since the pandemic earlier this year in in March, Um, and this has been quite a bit of progress, Um, and the president of the conference will come up uh, now I think towards the end of this month with a new negotiated text. Um, and this will show us really where the state of the negotiations are, and this will help with the next round of negotiations, which is planned for August uh, 2022. We're hoping that August will be the last negotiation round, and that states will adopt this treaty, and that hopefully soon it will be ratified and then implemented, Um, but I think the reality is still quite tricky. It's, It's still quite political. There are still a lot of open questions. So at the end of the day, it will remain to be seen whether states can, within the next, you know, two weeks of negotiations in August, come up with a final treaty that everyone agrees to by consensus. Um, Yeah, so fingers crossed, and we'll see what happens in August.
0: Indeed, fingers crossed on that one, uh, Carol. And I'm sure it's a lot of work. It's a lot of you know involvement of different partners, you know, different states, and um, we'll be looking out for that one. And we hope for a good report um, at the end of it. Um, uh, at the end of it. Uh, so I think I will bring Miriam in at this point. And Miriam, looking at the South Atlantic region and um, the states, how are the states and uh, you know various organisations? working towards regional governance uh, in the Strong High Seas Project.
3: Can
2: can you guys hear me now? Sure. Okay. So um,
4: I see this question as identifying approaches to regional governance and what has been working, I can only speak on behalf of the Abidjan Convention, But what has been working for the Abidjan Conventions, aside from its usual cooperation instruments, which is COP decisions, protocols, and MOUs, uh, is also uh, regional uh, initiatives, such as the Strong High Seas Project. So for the last five years, uh, the project has supported the Secretariat in the development of targeted measures towards integrated An ecosystem-based management approach for ocean governance. Uh, The project has been able to build state parties' capacities by maintaining the dialogue through regular workshops and through a stakeholders' platform in order to maximize uh, data sharing mechanism between state parties and relevant stakeholders like uh, other regional governing bodies, fisheries, IGOs, and NGOs. Regional government efforts also include strengthening capacities in the region. And in that sense, the project worked towards the creation of a working group for regional exchange, which has contributed tremendously to develop shared vision and knowledge among stakeholders on marine di- di- on marine biodiversity, sorry, and a few of the, the gaps that exist in the region, uh, namely socioeconomic gaps. And throughout uh, the the lifespan of the project, uh, uh, the team has been able to provide a number of reports on these issues. Thank you.
0: Okay, thank you, Miriam. And what are some of the social economic threats? Uh, Maybe could you highlight uh, one or two that has really maybe you know hampered progress on the on uh, the regional governance?
4: For instance, uh, we have a social economic report that uh, highlighted the fact that. Activities like deep sea mining were only uh, developed by a few countries. Meanwhile, uh, the consequences of these actions were touching everybody else. So the socioeconomic report was able to highlight that. And it really helped uh, state parties of the Abidjan Convention be more, have a, how can I say it, have a better position in the BBNJ negotiation. Okay.
0: Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, Shannon, uh, do you have anything to add on that one?
2: I don't have much to add. I I mean, I think that um, the countries in the African region are often left out of the economic Potential that is in areas beyond national jurisdiction in this region and so i think it's a really important opportunity for them to have a say in the negotiations and to have a strong say um, to make sure that their their rights are respected and they're they aren't left left out of this discussion and future developments in areas beyond national jurisdiction carol said earlier that we have to remember that everything's ecologically linked and and everything that happens in in areas beyond national jurisdiction can have a very direct impact on our coastal states, and so this means we have to remember that when you're looking at far offshore and you're thinking about big things like oil exploration or or um, deep sea mining, this could have a real impact on small scale fishes or artisanal fishes on a coastal in a coastal country, and and you need to keep that connectivity in mind and. It's far away, but it's not. It doesn't not impact on our lives in a very everyday sense. So that's what I wanted to add.
0: Okay, thank you so much. And uh, let's switch on gears now and talk about um, the Strong High Seas Project. And uh, you know, we we are all aware that it's coming to a close. It's been a, a great five years, and uh, maybe to just get uh, a few pointers from uh, our partners uh, representing us today. Uh, you know what are some of the key highlights and successes uh, you can point out uh, that we have been able really to achieve over the past five years? Uh, maybe you can start with Carol, please. Oh, Ben, Ben, sorry. Let's <laughs> let's start with Ben.
3: <laughs> sure, ha- happy to start. Um, thanks so much <laughs> again. Um, yeah, I, I think what the Strong High Seas Project was, um, was one of the main highlights was that. Um, Through the work within the different regions and with our project partners, uh, we were able to really successfully create um, transdisciplinary uh, multi stakeholder dialogues um, to exchange on on knowledge and lessons learned um, uh, and information and create sort of a informal uh, community of practice uh, surrounding these global negotiations which allowed um, diverse stakeholders from um, from states, from state governments, but but also from civil society, private sector, um, and other regional organizations to come together uh, and exchange. Um, and I think that we, you know, one of the things that we believe strongly about is that this network of stakeholders will continue to um, to survive and live uh, within these project regions and beyond uh, long after. Um, the project uh, comes to a close here uh, this month. Um, I think another key um, success of the project was the ability to just raise awareness about this important topic of uh, biodiversity within the high seas and how this is actually uh, ab- absolutely critical um, to African countries. Um, both from an economic perspective and from a conservation and sustainable um, use perspective. So we really hope that we've brought this uh, issue uh, much higher on the agenda of of many many nations prior to the project Um, and not only raised awareness about this, but um, integrated uh, this issue into national and, and local policy processes. Um, as these countries uh, engage um, with with this topic.
0: Perfect. Uh, Thank you. Thank you so much, Ben. Uh, Miriam, please.
4: Um, As far as the Abidjan Convention is uh, concerned, I would say the main highlight for us is the creation of the working group. Um, Because um first of all, the project was able to honor and implement a COP decision, because this stems from a COP decision, and uh, creating this working group really uh, set a forum, uh, an exchange forum uh, in the region to discuss these issues, which for the most part had not been discussed prior this initiative. So it's really uh, what we keep as a gift is this working group that uh, during this time, over the last uh, five years, we're able to discuss various topics, various um, um, initiatives. We were able to strengthen really um, countries capacities, when it comes to, for example, BBNJ negotiations, I know some countries didn't not haven't thought about that. They didn't even know their countries were, you know, part of those BBNJ negotiations. They didn't even know there were something called BBNJ negotiations. So this working group really helped uh, strengthen the capacities of the state parties.
0: Wow! Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Um, Shannon uh, from the International uh, Ocean Institute, what are some of the successes really uh, from your end that you are able to gather with your team there in South Africa?
2: I'm going to be a little bit naughty and say from my personal perspective, rather than the International Ocean Institute, I I think one of the highlights for me with this project has been the people and not just the project team, which has been a wonderful team to work with, but all of the people throughout the region who have such diverse um, knowledge and experience and enthusiasm and passion for the ocean and for the sustainable management of it. And I think this really gives us, can give, should give us a lot of hope for the future of the ocean on on West Africa's coastlines and areas beyond national jurisdiction. And it's challenging, but there are a lot of really great people that I think can take up this challenge and, and we should, We should do whatever we can to support them. So obviously, IRI is always available to help with capacity development, but there there are so many wonderful people in Africa that we should be really
0: excited. Carol, please.
1: Thank you very much. I can echo everything that my colleagues have said. Um, I think for me, it was also, you know, bringing all these people together, that was, um, I guess, the main success of of the project. Raising awareness to these issues, of course, but working with these um, stakeholders uh, from Africa and South America, um, it was amazing to see how much momentum could be created, how important um, these issues could become, and how, you know, your neighbours might be someone that can help you in some ways achieve you know a better uh, governance of the ocean and that's the kind of feedback we also got um in the in the project team a lot of people came up to us and said wow i had no idea that within my country or my region we had you know these scientists or um, these people working on on these issues or related issues you know and and for me personally being able to contribute you know through the strong high seas project to people getting to know each other, being able to exchange and being able to look at how beyond the Strong High Seas Project, they can, you know, work together towards a a, a better, um, better conserved, uh, strengthened, you know, ocean um, is something that really, um, yeah, I'm really proud of. And that really, uh, you know, makes my day thinking about it. And this kind of collaboration also uh, links down to, you know, we're at the end of the day, we're stronger Together, and it's not one country that can make it. It's not one region that can make it. At the end of the day, there's only one ocean. Everything is connected, as we said before. And so it's about bringing all this expertise and knowledge together and working towards the same, you know, goal: the conservation and sustainable use of marine biodiversity in ABNJ. In that case, Um, so yeah, I hope, I personally hope that the Strong High Seas project has been able to also bring more. Um, and, and you know, to the people, than just you know, knowledge and connections, and that they will use it in the future um, to bring these issues forward.
0: Totally agree with you on that one, and I hope this unity uh, of purpose will carry on even when this project is over. Really, to uh, to help us come together and uh, you know, conserve our ocean because we, it is our ocean. We share it, and it's it's a, it's a resource that we all use. You know, for for our, for our benefit, and not only for us, but for the future, uh, really. And are there any challenges you faced? I'm sure there are some challenges uh, which uh, you 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 came along the way, and um, it, while implementing this project, and as you have mentioned, um, it it took a, a concerted effort, really, all hands on deck, and uh, the the stakeholders, the integration, which was really good. What uh, I'm getting from all of you uh, here is uh, is that you are able to work together. You are able to work with diverse people. What are some of the challenges uh, that you you came you came across uh, while um, implementing uh, some of these um, some of these uh, you know um, uh, some of these um, what 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 do I call them um, um, deliberations on the Strong seas project? Shannon, maybe you can take through through that first
2: sure because i unmuted quick as tech <laughs> um it, it, so working with a big team like this i guess one of the normal challenges would be that it's difficult to coordinate but we were very lucky to have a great team and i to coordinate and to make sure if they don't the most part so that That is a challenge that I think we see the most obvious and and global challenge has been COVID, which stopped us having a lot of our in-person events and training and it, it changed. But I think that we were still able to successfully do a lot of the training and workshops. And there were some advantages to doing everything online because we were able to invite more people. It was more open and transparent which is something we should be working towards in in things like the negotiations and meetings generally and it obviously also had a lower footprint carbon footprint which i think is something that we should be um celebrating even if it if it meant that there were fewer opportunities for those casual uh, networking moments um but i think so those are Those are all kind of organizational challenges. I think one of the bigger challenges for the project is that areas beyond national jurisdiction feel far away, especially for government employees and and decision makers who have a lot on their plates all the time and are probably under resourced and having to deal with issues of immediate concern to their to their coastal populations. And so it was difficult to it is difficult to convince him that there should be a priority, um, given the amount of of work and how stretched their resources are. Um, but we hopefully have managed to convince them that it's one ocean, it's all connected, and it's something that they can't they can't ignore. Thank you, Shannon. i've uh, Ben, please.
3: Um, well, I fully agree with what um, Shannon had to say, and I think those she pretty much hit on some of the main um, challenges uh, that we faced in the project. So the only one I would like to, um, you know, add on to it is, of course, due to the global uh, COVID nineteen pandemic, um, many global policy processes slowed down or. Uh, came to a bit of a halt there and for us of course the most important one would be the global negotiations for a high seas treaty um, which was really the sort of core or anchor uh, political process that our project was following and and trying to support Um, and so with that slowing down the negotiations um, were paused or couldn't be taken couldn't take uh, place in person Um, But I think the project uh, partners and uh, many of the key uh, political partners, the the Abidjan Convention Secretariat and the States, um, worked really hard to keep this momentum going and to keep uh, the interest uh, in this topic there and to continue the discussion uh, in the in the strong high seas dialogue workshops or in the intersessionals are coming to the capacity building um, events organized by IOI um, to, to use this time uh, to their advantage to continue um, to learn and exchange so that when the negotiations began again in, in March of this year, um, there, there could be advances made in terms of the legal text. Okay, great.
0: And uh, Miriam, what are some of the challenges that you experienced and were able to overcome uh, as uh, uh, in the Abid- as Abidjan Convention?
4: Um, I think Shannon and Ben really took the words out of my mouth. Um, one thing I want to add is that uh, from our hand, it has been a bit of a challenge to engage certain countries uh especially for the working group Um, it's it it was difficult because like ben said and i i don't know if it's ben or shannon uh but countries decision makers um feel that uh high seas are not maybe in their priorities So in that sense, we have struggled a little bit uh, before to have, for instance, all the countries taking part of the working group, but um, it didn't stop us. (laughs) We were able to really engage with a strong community still. We were able to have all the region uh, and all the, the current represented in the working group. So uh, we were able still to, you know, relay the message. Wow,
0: that's impressive. Thank you so much for that. And as we look, as we near the conclusion of this chat and uh, building on the work done by the Strong High Seas Project and uh, the whole team and the whole you know, uh, organizations that uh, were able to come together and form this project. What are some of the prospects of ocean
2: governance in the region? Uh, maybe Carol, uh, could you take us uh, through that, please?
1: So I think we have a good basis with um, the Abidjan Convention, who held um, its COP last year, at the end of last year. and adopted a resolution on uh, areas beyond national jurisdiction, really um, showing their interests and their commitment towards looking further into this issue, continuing the working group, um, yeah, um, continuing also to negotiate the the, the treaty um, that is currently being negotiated under the United Nations. So I think we have a very good, um, political basis for countries to engage and to continue working on these issues. And through Strong High Seas, hopefully, we were able also to create, um, as we mentioned before, that kind of stakeholder base, this kind of network between different stakeholders from different countries in the region to try to bring them together, uh, create this knowledge base. Uh, create this understanding and also this possibility of uh, collaboration in the future so that they can bring forward, um, you know, ocean governance and and the related issues. So I think we have a very good basis. And now it's down to, you know, everyone, every single individual and organizations to take that forward and see what they really want to do for the region and and beyond.
0: Great. Uh, Shannon, how does it look like on your end? And what are some of the prospects in uh, regional ocean governance.
2: Well, I think Carol covered it well with the network of people and the capacity within the countries around the West African coastline. I think there's a lot of hope um, and there's a lot of will to to do well. So hopefully, that means that things will get better and better and continue to improve for the our ocean environments. There's a lot of work being done on things like pollution pollution, and um, a lot of work being done on the impacts of human activities in, in the ocean space. And I think, I think the more we know, the better we can do.
0: Great. And uh, Miriam, is there hope really? Um, as you had mentioned, it was very hard to, you know, work with some of the government officials. Some of the states are saying well, that is not our priority right now, we are struggling and we are putting more effort in on other things, not the ocean. What does it look like uh, from your end, uh, Miriam?
4: Uh, I will go in the sense of uh, Carol and Shannon and say that we need to further uh, develop regional initiatives in uh, ABNJ. I think this will just keep the, 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 the initiative going, not make it stop right now. And um, it will, you know, at least we get the message going.
0: OK, OK, great. Thank you for that. and. Um... Great. As uh, we come to conclude, uh, as we come to the conclusion of this, I'd, I'd like to, you know, uh, get your final thoughts around uh, this project. And uh, uh, as we gear up to the final round of uh, negotiations, as Carol had mentioned earlier, you know, what is your parting shot really um, as we come to the close and uh, of this uh, strong high seas project? And uh, what how does the future look like?
3: Uh, really. Uh, Ben, could you uh, start, please? Yes, thanks. Um, Yeah, I think as a a parting shot, I'd really like to say and and make clear that um, it's really quite important or there's really a space um, for for these transdisciplinary um, research projects, um, such as the strong high seas um, project uh, to bring together stakeholders and to really play this sort of important role or this and offer an informal platform within um, global policy processes um, and particularly in our case for for strengthening um, regional ocean governance um, this project has really shown that there's there's a need um, to strengthen regional ocean governance as a whole not just within um, the two project regions but but more broadly um, as plays a, a critical um, and important link between uh, the global level, um, but also local or, or sub-local levels and state governments as well. And I think last, um, it it's really shows that developing capacities, uh, whether this is scientific knowledge um, or knowledge about management or governance, Um, This is truly um, going to create the the basis um, for the future implementation of of any global treaty or also regional or or state initiatives, which are um, seeking to conserve or sustainably manage um, biodiversity in the high seas. Um, So there will will be a need for continued funding for for research projects such as strong high seas, um, but also other initiatives um, which share similar objectives.
0: Okay, thank you so much, Ben, for that. Um, Miriam,
4: please. Thank you. Um, I agree with um, Ben. Uh, He also took the the words out of my mouth, but it's okay. Uh, (laughs) I want to say, first of all, thank you to this amazing team uh, for this collaboration. It has not been easy all the time, but thank you for keeping the communication channels open. Um, second thing is, I don't know if it's a parting shot, but it's a wish from, from my end is that we don't start a new project from, from, from the beginning. We, we need to start where we left off uh, because we have been able to provide quality content quality data to to stakeholders, not just states, uh, institutes, IGOs, NGOs. We have developed a network of a strong network um, in the region, in the world. And my wish is that we, we carry on this initiative somehow, not a new project with a new group uh, trying to cover the new uh, the same, uh, the 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 same issues. So I don't know if that answers the question, but that's all I had
0: to say. Thank you so much for that one. Um, I totally agree with you on that. And um, uh, Shannon, uh, could you go next, please?
2: Sure. So, so I definitely agree with Miriam. We have built momentum. There's a network of people. There's knowledge and expertise out there. I think we need to do, roll with it and take it forward and to to keep pushing for better. Um, and I think Carol said we're, we're better together. So, so if we work together and if we communicate and we have trust and honesty and um, keep hopeful, I think there's, there's nothing we can't do.
0: Sure. Thank you so much. And uh, Carol, finally.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I agree with everything that's been said. And maybe I'll ha- I highlight, I guess, two points. Uh, One is what uh, Ben has said, um, how important it is to have these transdisciplinary research projects. Uh, I think we saw that with the Strong High Seas Project, creating these dialogue platforms were extremely important and really brought people together. Um, My wish, as uh, Miriam was saying, is is very similar. It's, we can't have these short-term projects and then go to another one and recreate what has already been created. We need to build on what's been done. Um, I don't know if it's possible to have longer term projects, but it would met, make sense because there is a need for it. there's an interest for it. and it's um, yeah, I think it's important to keep that momentum going and to support you know the regions as we were able to do with strong high seas on the longer term. So that's also my wish um, to make these projects maybe last longer and be able to support more people across the different regions. And uh, another thing that I also wanted to highlight is, at the end of the day, we can't rely only on these projects. Um, you know, as everyone said, we were able to develop um, the tools and knowledge, and you know, just provide that information to the region. At the end of the day, people people are what makes the change. So it's for them to to continue the work. It's for them to get together and create something. Um, I don't think everything can rely on these projects, and people have to take take it forward. So. Personally, I also wish that the region and the globe <laughs> can take these issues forward and that we can end up with a very strong treaty and a strong implementation of that treaty in the future and hopefully see some change for the better for the ocean.
0: Indeed, indeed. I totally agree with all of you. Thank you. What a great, great team we have here. It's been five years of uh, hard work. It's been five years of uh, you know um, engagements, dialogues, travel here and there to just ensure that our oceans are protected, our oceans are advocated for, and they are cared for in the right manner. And um, it has been brilliant. Thank you, all of you, for coming. Thank you. It's been uh, great seeing you. And <laughs> I've, uh, it was really fantastic. And um, thank you so much. And uh, let's look forward to more uh, collaboration and to just carry on uh, from where we have left off. instead of, as you have mentioned, uh, starting another project, It will be fantastic if all the states, all the people who are concerned and care for the future of of, of our ocean really come together and build on what you have been able to to put across. Thank you so much. It has been brilliant. I thank you all of you for coming here. Asante Nisana. Over to you, Thank you. Thank you so much, our listener, for being part of this great conversation. And if you love listening to this podcast, remember to subscribe on your favorite listening app for free today. Please be sure to rate and review us. The reviews helps other listeners to find us. Let us also know what you like best about this podcast. And always remember that the conservation conversation is for everyone. Stay safe and stay blessed. Goodbye.